Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA front office show. We've got a lot to talk about today. A lot of things still going on in the world of the NBA. We are just a few weeks away from everything really kicking off. Training camp starting up, preseason games and all of that. We've got some stories to talk about today. DeAndre Jordan, him getting bought out, going to the Lakers. We've got, we'll talk a little Mark Gasol, what might happen with him. We'll also chat a bit about some unfortunate injuries, some other camp signings, things of that nature. A lot of things to get into today. And of course, a story about the Toronto Raptors as well that might give us a little bit of insight into what their future direction is. But first, quick reminder, guys, subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Our goal has been to hit 10,000. And as of this moment right now, we are less than 60 away from that. So if you haven't done it yet, hit the subscribe button, turn on notifications. We would appreciate it. Keith, how are you doing, man? Can you believe it? Less than 60 away from 10,000. Amazing. Unbelievable. Crazy. That, uh, you know, wait, I, I didn't realize you and I had that many friends and family members I didn't that either. were willing to go out on a limb <laughs> for us on YouTube. Uh, yeah, no, that is awesome. So, yeah, 50 some odd heroes. We need you to step up and, and help us get there to 10,000. This is great. Uh, you know, we, we, we can't you know, say enough about the sport. My buddy's checking in here. Uh, the, the old dog, it's almost <laughs> dinner time. So he, he's reminding he's going to start getting cranky here. In a minute. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, I know people love the puppy appearances. That's right. Um, so yeah, it's, but no, we love the support. Appreciate everybody there. Um, your support has allowed us to, uh, to monetize this and start, uh, doing a little something for our hard work, which is great. Uh, so we're super excited about that as well. So thank you guys for that uh, so much. I know a couple people posted. I don't mind watching the ads because I know you guys get a little something. And th- thank you for that. That is uh, very much appreciated yes. um, by both Trevor and I. So, But yeah, a lot of stuff still going on. Um, and it's not all just these minor camp signings there, there's still some some big names moving on so we'll start with deandre jordan mm-hmm. uh officially waived by the nets um kind of on the sly a couple days by ago. the pistons they did it by the pistons sorry yeah see look at that that that's that's I just got some mess i got up you here. <laughs> yeah you got me um so yeah by the pistons after the trade from the nets um so yeah he he the Pistons let him go on Tuesday, so he's going to clear waivers today, Thursday, when we're recording this, uh, in about eight minutes, actually. It gives you a sense of what time it is here on the East Coast where we're uh, that we're recording. So he'll he'll clear waivers. Uh, it's expected that uh, later uh, in today, again, Thursday, as we're recording this, the Lakers will announce that they're uh, signing him. But the, we all knew that part mm-hmm. was going to happen. The interesting part is he gave back $4 million in his buyout, about $2 million SCE. Each year is about the the best way to think of that. So reduced his cap hit by about two million for the Pistons. Uh, so it'll be on the Pistons books for about seven point eight million, then a little over seven million um, for the second year uh, of that. So this year, and next year, it's a little bit more dead money. Uh, interesting tidbit before we get into too much of the Jordan stuff: the Pistons have more dead money on their books this year than the Oklahoma City Thunder have in guaranteed player salary. That sounds made up. That can't be real. Yeah, that's it's hundred percent real. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's unbelievable. Crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I can give you the the. It's forty five, basically forty five point five million in dead money on the Pistons books <laughs> against forty four point one million in actual guaranteed player salary on the Thunder books for players who are wow. currently on the roster. Now the Thunders have have 
good, good chunk of dead money because of Kemba Walker and all that. Right. But but talking just the guys on the roster right now, as of today, guaranteed money, 44.1 against 44, 45.5 uh, dead money for the Pistons. That is incredible. That, that doesn't, again, that doesn't sound real that that could even possibly happen. And yet, <laughs> yet yeah. here we are. Um, but look, let's talk it's about interesting. that real quick. Well, one thing yeah. on that too, interesting that Troy Weaver came from mm-hmm. OKC, Sam Presti with OKC, two teams rebuilding, kind of uh, ships passing in the night here. Detroit's maybe kind of on their way back up. Uh, OKC looks like they're still uh, in that teardown process. But yeah, yeah. But let, let's get into DeAndre Jordan. So DeAndre Jordan, he gives back $4 million. And I, I guess what I want to get into here is a lot of people see these situations. And uh, I'm going to use Rajon Rondo as the example because that's a recent one. We see the scenario where the player gives back exactly what they're going to get from their new team. So for the player, the net dollar amount is zero. They lose, they lose nothing. Why is it that we see some guys like a DeAndre Jordan where they actually have to come out of pocket? Kemba Walker, same thing. We see this with some of these these bigger contracts. Is it just a contract size thing? Is it one agent is better at negotiating than another? How do we how do we quantify that? Why we see some players have to give back more than than others do? Yeah, that's a good question. A little bit of both. Um is really the answer there. I think you know, with Walker. In, in Blake Griffin last year, that's a truly a size of the contract thing where those guys were $30 million plus players. And of course, if they're going to get freedom from the team, they're they're going to have to give back a pretty big chunk uh, to, to get free. Now, Jordan, two years, $9.8 million, then it was a little over $9 million or so. Um, he's only going to make his actual salary this year will be about 2.6 million. Mm-hmm. He'll be on the Lakers books for a cap hit of 1.7. Um, but 2.6 will be what he'll actually make. That is, yeah, it, it, that's a you know million dollar d- difference between the hit and the, what he'll make about 1.4 uh, million off of what he gave up mm-hmm. uh, total. So to me, that says he just knows, hey, I don't want to be on the Pistons. I want to play at the end of my career and be on a team that that can really win. Yeah. And I'm going to go there. And for a guy like Rondo, he's probably thinking, I, I maybe have a couple more options to to go to places. So let's, let's uh, be smart about how we handle this going forward versus I just want to get free and get out of here. So that the, there's a lot of things that factor into those types right. of buyouts. And every situation is going to be different, but it is just interesting to yep. see some guys who come out of pocket and then other guys, they, they don't, they wind up in yeah. a net of, of zero in terms of money that they gave up and, and, uh, and whatnot. But Deandre Jordan joins the Lakers. I know both of us have had plenty of, questions like I, I don't think there's a lot of lakers fans that are just fist pumping right now saying yes this is this is no, it yeah. championship 18 is on the way and like deandre jordan it's a little bit of a questionable fit uh we saw he looked well he looked pretty run down with the brooklyn nets last season and defensively they were actually better with him off the floor than they were with him on but he does still fit that archetype of the the more modern big that just sets screens yep. rolls hard of the rim rebound block shots that sort of thing uh, what do you think about this, about this landing spot for the, he's actually one of the younger players on the team now, which may, <laughs> maybe that's part of this is just, it was to bring their average age down just a little bit. You go bring in a 33 year old, I believe DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. Town Horton Tucker needed somebody to hang out with that's uh, right. <laughs> to, 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 you know, go, go to bed early with and those kind of things, I guess. Um, when the, when the older guys hang out at night. Um, yeah, it's, it the, the fit, you know, whatever it is, what it is. I think it's, it's, I don't fully understand why the Lakers needed this. And we start to wonder 
is something going on with Marcus all mm-hmm. that we don't you know really know about to this point and in Marcus all it seems like there's been mixed reporting on is he going to come back is he going to play is he going to play in the United States is he going to go play uh, overseas next year or something like that as it stands right now he's on the uh, Lakers books at 2.7 million uh sorry I have the puppy was at was at <laughs> <You're fine. laughs> so uh we, we we got all sorts of circus happening here in the Smith house um that's what happens at 5 p.m eastern here not only is it the close of business for the NBA but it's feeding time for the Smith dogs <laughs> doggy so dinner time that's right there it is. So, all right, they're they're all cleared out now. So, hopefully, <laughs> everything on that. Um, but yeah, so Gasol, two point seven million mm-hmm. that he's on the Lakers books for. What becomes of that? That that's the question. Now, if he out and out retires and says I'm done, that could get wiped off the Lakers books. Uh, it's still not going to do anything for them. They 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 they're so far over the cap that it doesn't really matter. It would lower their tax a a, a little bit, but that's whatever at this point um so it it becomes a situation of more is he going to be on the team or not versus anything to really do with the cap wise because let's face it we're none none of us are the bus family we're not writing the tax bill check to the nba so marcus i mean there's been talk that maybe he'd like to go finish his career in spain so mm-hmm. as far as the cap goes and everything we know look if marcus all leaves bottom line lakers get another roster spot to use yeah, right? that's that, and that's just from a, the roster perspective. But from the cap perspective, if Marcus All says, "I'm out, I don't want to play here anymore," how do you travel down that path? How do you navigate that situation? Yeah, it becomes two. There's two ways he could full on retire and mm-hmm. void his contract, and then the Lakers are off the hook. Uh, that rarely happens. It tends to go the other way yeah. of. We don't really want you anymore. You're probably don't want to be here anymore. We're just going to wave you. We'll eat the 2.7 million hit and off we go. Um, you know, th- thanks for your years of service, I guess, or year of service year. Yeah. in this case. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that, that kind of, that's tends to be the more likely path that happens. Uh, good, uh, comp for this is when Rashid Wallace retired from the Celtics, uh, now, several years ago, longer ago than I even want to admit to thinking that that actually happened. Um, but he retired, but then was he didn't officially retire, but it was I'm, I'm not going to play. And then the Celtics just waved him and ate the cap hit. Uh, the Spurs did that on the last year of Tim Duncan with the idea there of being, hey, th- this is more of a bonus payment to you for everything Mm -hmm. you did for us as a franchise. So my guess is if it comes down to it, they'll just wave him and they'll eat the 2.7 and off we'll go. So we, that's probably the way things go there. Obviously they could explore a trade and see if maybe there was a, if if Gasol said, you know what, I want to stay in the NBA. I I don't want to be here. Can you help me out and get me somewhere? I'm sure you could find maybe a landing spot or, or something like that could be worked out. But I think most likely if we do see a parting of the ways, and to me, the DeAndre Jordan signing suggests that's what's coming next. I can't imagine them going into the season with three true, pure centers on the roster where they can't play any other position. It's not like they're a four or five combo. Yeah. Three guys who can only play center, and then plus you've got Anthony Davis in the mix. I would be a bit surprised if they went into the season with all three of those guys on the roster. So we'll have Agreed. to wait and see what happens here with Marcus Gasol and how the Lakers opt to handle this. But again, does appear DeAndre Jordan. By the way, the Lakers have a press conference one hour from now, this moment right now as we're recording, and uh, that is most likely to announce 
DeAndre Jordan's arrival. Um, yeah. Let's. Hey, one more thing on Marcus All real yeah. quick, um, just so people are aware too, because they signed him using the minimum exception last mm-hmm. year, even though it was a two-year contract, so he didn't count for the for the two-year minimum. He got counted at the ten-year minimum. He does qualify to be traded under under the minimum exception trade rules, which essentially means. Any team that is not hard capped could trade for him for essentially nothing. Um, they could send back a top fifty-five protected pick to the Lakers, or draft rights to a player, or just just you know some minor thing um, there. So uh, so yeah, so that that's where that one will probably go. Um, you know, if there is a trade, that's how he'll be acquired. So that just makes it a lot easier to move him via trade because the team doesn't need to take him into an exception or that despite the fact that he's at the 2.7 instead of the 1.7 million um, uh, veteran minimum for this year amount. Um, just the little cap mechanics there uh, here on the front office show because that's what we do. And that's and that's good to note too for anybody who's thinking, oh, they could trade Marc Gasol and maybe actually get something. They're not going to get something for him. The Lakers aren't no. going to something if they, if they trade him it will be more of a situation say hey where where is it that you want to play how can we help you get someplace then oh man we we got to get top dollar for this guy no they're not they're gonna they're gonna do yeah. right by gasol if he says he really wants to stay in the nba and go somewhere else or yeah. at least that's the path i think they'll travel down. uh another center jalil okafor waved so now out on the market at one point if you remember the draft years ago was one of the top players coming in uh, and now he is once again a free agent waived by the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, what do you think, Keith? You, you think he gets picked up somewhere? I do. I, I don't know that'll be immediate. I, I think that might be one where a team suffers an injury up front or mm-hmm. somebody isn't quite ready to play or something along those lines. I, I think they'll they'll um, uh, bring him in and um, have him kind of come in and play, play a role. Uh, still does a thing um, – Still can score on second units mm-hmm. uh, as a second unit big man. Uh, he's still shown that. Um, he is fine as a backup center uh, for the minimum. So we'll see at some point. I, I think we'll see um, him resurface eventually. It just probably won't be immediately. It'll probably be, let's say, a month or so from now when we're towards the end of training camp. Something like that. I still believe in Jalil Okafor's ability as a second unit scoring big uh, and like you said, injuries do happen. Just ask the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, absolutely brutal what's going on with them. One thing after another after another. Yeah, two torn ACLs uh, in the same uh, practice. In the same practice today with Gus Edwards back and Marcus Peters. Already, yeah, already lost J.K. Dobbins. Already lost Justice Hill. Unbelievable football back tonight, though. Hey, so at least, at least we got that. But this is part of why I no longer play fantasy football because there's so little joy and so much pain. There really, there really is. I, I was scrambling all afternoon, looking at my fantasy rosters, trying to figure out what <laughs> what to do at this point. Um, but you know, the NFL is not the only place you see injuries. The NBA, of course, as well. And gosh, I I hate stories like this. But Edmund Sumner for the yeah. Indiana Pacers, torn Achilles. That's it. Season over. Um, it's going to take at least a year, probably, to try to come back from that. Uh, shot almost 40% from three last season and looked like the Pacers were going to lean on him a little bit more this coming season. Like he was finally getting things going. And unfortunately the season is over already due to a torn Achilles. I hate stories like this, Keith. Brutal. 
And this is a um, big, he's on the last year of his contract, yeah. only 2.3 million. He's never made all that much money to this point. So he's probably going to have to take a prove it deal with somebody uh, next season, uh, going in to prove that he's healthy and going into camp and those kind of things. And this is like you said, this is a guy who was finally getting his real chance and starting to figure things out. He's only 25. He's going to turn 26 a few months from now. So uh, pr- pr- pretty rough. And if you remember back, uh, Edmund Sumner missed a lot of his rookie year because he was coming off a torn ACL that was suffered at Xavier uh, before he got to the NBA. Then he uh, came into the NBA and was able to to play played extensively in the G League at first. He was on a two. He, I believe if I have this correct, he was the first player to sign a two-year two-way contract. Um, and the, the Pacers did that with, with the idea to um, – have him rehab that first year with them. He played some in the G League, uh, played, I believe it was on the last day of the regular season for the Pacers in the 2017-18 season. Uh, he got into a game, and uh, if, I don't remember what he did. Might have made a couple shots. He didn't play much. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was kind of the jumping-off point for him. Then the next year he played well, came off of the two-way, signed a, a long-term contract w- with the Pacers, and now now we're into to, to a spot where his future is very, unknown and that's a blow for the Pacers too Mm because they their wing depth is kind of questionable we talked a couple episodes back about TJ Warren Warren, still dealing with some some injuries there they've got Chris Duarte who they really like uh their first round pick Torrey Craig who they signed they still have Karis LeVert it sounds like Jeremy Lamb they were gonna look to trade maybe this changes things on that front maybe we'll we'll see but yeah it's 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 definitely a blow uh for for this Pacers team and Jeremy Lamb has had injury issues himself where a lot of teams, the rumor yeah. was a lot of teams that were interested in trading for him wanted to hear or see, I mean, him out on the floor first and, and prove like, hey, yeah. this guy's actually healthy. So uh, tough blow for the Pacers, obviously not the thing that you like to, to see this time of year or ever really, but, uh, but especially right before training camp starts up. That's um, that's rough. Uh, Masai Ujiri, give us a little bit of insight into yeah. what the Raptors are planning on doing. Says they are a, not a team of now says that there is going to be some rough times ahead but they are building for the future so this is it we knew fairly certainly that the the raptors were more looking towards the future from here but this is now confirmation from the top that hey this is a team that is not necessarily worried about how they do this year it's about building and about developing um, and that may inform us of what we should expect from them for the rest of the season in terms of their activities on the trade market, in terms of maybe yep. signing players that get bought out and th- things of that nature. Uh, it tells us that the Raptors are very much in a rebuild. Now, look, Masai Ujiri knows more about basketball than I'll ever know, so I'm not going to say he's wrong, but I don't know that I fully buy this. I mm-hmm. This team has enough talent to they be do. in the play-in mix. Now, the question is, is that what they want? Do, do they want to be in the play-in mix, or are they looking at it and saying, meh, not really what we want to do? Um, it's it's couple of their moves maybe went a little counter to that the re-signing of gary trent re-signing mm-hmm. of ken birch so i wonder if this is more hey let's not think home court advantage title contender let's reset expectations to playoff team you know battling for a playoff spot those kind of things that's where the expectation should be and i think that's fair if that's what he's doing they're certainly not a 
uh, Pistons magic sure. group of their, you know, several years away. It does make me wonder now what happens with a guy like Goran Dragic. They, they haven't traded him yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a lot of the expectation was that he was going to get moved along. Uh, he basically came out and said, I don't really want to be there. And then he tried to walk that back, but we all know, <laughs> you know, how that goes too late. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but he did also say he's not doing a buyout either. He's not giving back mm-hmm. any money now. It's easy to say that in August, July, September, uh, what happens when you get to November, December, January, February, you're not traded. Mm-hmm. Then is it, all right, now I'll, I'll give back a little bit of money to go join a contender. We all know contenders would line up to add Goran Dragic because he still can really play. But yeah, I, I think it's a reset season for the Raptors in, in a lot of ways, but I don't. I just can't see this team being terrible. I, I think they've got far too much talent to be truly awful. And that's that's why this statement has some significance, right? Because we've been looking at this team saying, well, what are they? Are they are they fully committing to a rebuild? Are they going for it? Are yeah. they going to try to make the playoffs? Are they going to be making more win-now moves? And Messiah is at least saying, hey, this isn't a team of now. We're not really a win-now team. But I think you're right. I think there's too much talent here. I mean, certainly... It's you look at Orlando's roster and you can say, okay, it's obvious what they're doing. Toronto, yeah. that's not so much the case, and yeah. so I think that Messiah at least says that's how we're going to be leaning. We're going to be looking at thing, looking at things, building for the future. But I do think you're right. Like there's a real chance here that they could find themselves at least in the play-in tournament. Who knows? They didn't play in Toronto last year, like that. Yeah. I, so for there's this kind of like negative cloud around the team where people think, oh, they're just not that good anymore. I think they still can be good, especially when they have actual real home games. But at least it gives us some insight into Masai's thinking that it's more the future than right now. Yeah, one thing this team doesn't have is a lot of depth. They, they, their starting group is pretty good. Mm-hmm. They've got a couple guys coming off the bench who aren't bad. And then after that, it gets, it's, it's a lot of uh, more lottery ticket guys where maybe this guy pops and this guy looks pretty good. Uh, clearly Scotty Barnes is going to need time mm-hmm. to develop as their, their first round pick uh, this past year. So yeah, I, my guess is this is just rather than have it be we're 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 home we're going to be in toronto all season and you know here we go we're back and all this stuff this is probably a an expectation setting exercise by Masai more than anything and what if nothing else what he's done now is he's taken pressure off his team yeah because now he can basically say hey don't uh don't don't flip out if this team is you know, under 500 at Christmas, like this is where we expect to be and those kind of things. And and I think, and I think that there's, that's good work by a good leader of an organization to kind of let's reset expectations a little bit here for everybody as a whole. But yeah, I, like I said before, I just, they're not going to be absolutely awful unless they really start trading players and selling off pieces. And speaking of a team that is definitely in rebuild mode, we talked about the Orlando Magic. They do sign each one more solid yeah. shooter to to bring in veteran guard. Um, you do need some guys who can who can help show the the youngsters, you know, the path forward. So uh, solid signing for the Orlando Magic. It's more about that last part than yeah. anything he's going to do on the court. Because if you look at it with the Magic, they've got 
Jalen Suggs, their first-round pick this year. Cole Anthony, last year's first-round pick. They have R.J. Hampton, who was a first-round pick in 2020 that they acquired in the Aaron Gordon trade. They also have uh, Markel Fultz will be back eventually from, from injury. So a lot of young guards in, in that group there. And this is a guy who can come in and just kind of help them. Uh, to help shepherd them along. He's going into his 11th season now. So this is this is somebody who, who I think will really help this Magic team. Uh, that was part of what the role that they hoped uh, Michael Carter-Williams would play. But now he's hurt. And it's just a little harder for a guy who's hurt to be, to be that voice, whether it be in practices or in the locker room and those kind of things, because those guys aren't around quite as much. This is also, as an aside to this, this is why they're not in a super huge rush to trade Terrence Ross. This is why they signed uh, Robin Lopez. The Magic very much believe, and this has been Jeff Waldman's point, even going back to, if you remember, a few years back uh, in his first offseason, they added Aaron Aflalo and Maurice oh, Spates yeah. mm-hmm. to a team that wasn't very good. And the thought process was we need some veterans who can show these younger guys the way. And then when the Magic got back into being a playoff team for a couple of years in a row. They openly said, yeah, having that year with the Flalo and Spates who have been there, done that, helped show us some of the things that we needed. So that's why I do think eventually they'll move Terrence Ross. Maybe Robin Lopez gets traded mm-hmm. if a team needs big help uh, down the line. But Lopez is there to show Carter and Bomba what to do, really to beat on them every day in practice and so make those Disney guys World. better. Yeah, go to Disney World, absolutely, <laughs> uh, which was uh, – he he did his introductory press conference just yesterday, and that was kind of, kind of mentioned. Uh, but then, yeah, and then you've also got, um, you know, Ter- Terrence Ross um, there because it's uh, – he's going to do that for the Wings. So um, so that is, you know, where, where we're at with that too. So we're in a position here in Orlando where it's they, – they've added these veteran guys. Their impact on court may not be as much as it is off the court and in the locker room. All right, and then we've got uh, Chris Paul. Little statement here yeah. saying that it was easy to sign with the Suns. Jeff Zilgit reporting that. So Chris Paul said it was easy to make that choice to re-sign with the Suns. Obviously, he opted out. Remember, this was this was like a foregone conclusion. Chris Paul is yeah. opting into the final year of his deal, and then turns out Chris Paul is still really good, even though yep. he's, he's well <laughs> into his 30. I think he's 36 now. Um, and yep. so he opts out, signs a new deal with the Phoenix Suns, and says that was an easy decision. And... I agree. Look, the the Suns, they made it all the way to the NBA Finals last year. Chris Paul got a nice long-term deal with them. Now, we have talked about this on this show before, that not all of that deal is guaranteed. But still, it it seems like this was a no-brainer. I don't think there were many other options out there for Chris Paul, certainly not ones that were going to pay him what the Suns paid him, while giving him the opportunity to continue winning through the end of his career. Yeah, and and, and he mentioned... The basketball aspect was big for him, but being close to his family, that's as close as he can get to them without being on the Clippers or the Lakers. And that wasn't going to happen for a number of reasons. Uh, And then he mentioned, you know, um, I thought this quote was was a good one, and I think this is good. The thing I'm looking forward to now is our approach to the everyday. You don't start the season and get to automatically end up at the finals again. It's another building process, and I'm excited about going through this experience with these guys because I went as far in the playoffs as I've ever been. We'll be on this journey of something new together, and I think that's important. It's Everything resets, right? Mm -hmm. So they're they're not going to be the cute upstart sons this year. Now people know that they're really good, and teams are going to be gunning for so so that that is a uh, you know i think chris paul's the right kind of guy you want to have uh there because you know if they come out and 
any of their young guys think like, ah, we're we're here now, we're established. You better believe uh, Chris Paul is going to be in their ear telling them that they're not nearly as good as they think they are. Yeah, and that's um, look. I think it's going to be a new challenge for the Suns to now deal with having a little bit of a target on their backs now that yep. they made it all the way to the Absolutely. NBA Finals. And Chris Paul is a guy who I think can help them do just that. Uh, finally, Kevin Pangos to the Cavs yeah. signs one of, the, one of the last deals. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> Kevin Pangos has been one of the top point guards in Europe for about five or six years now. And every year there's a rumor that he is going to come over to the NBA. And then it never happens. Um, he he had, had uh, not come over. He played summer league in 26, 2015, mm-hmm. 16, and 17 uh, with three different teams, Dallas, Atlanta, and Washington. Uh, always played pretty well. And the first summer league was a little rough for him, but the other two, he was pretty good. Um if people here stateside remember the name, it's because he was he was on a bunch of good Gonzaga teams um, for four years. He was a four-year starter at Gonzaga. He came right in as their starting point guard and started a point guard for them for four years. But the last few years uh, overseas, he's really developed into one of the top um, point guards. He was all EuroLeague first team last year. Uh, over there, he's all EuroLeague second team a couple years ago. Uh, he made the Euro Cup second team one year. Uh, there, so he's also played for Team Canada on occasion um, on the international level. But last year, just to get, give you a sense of what this guy can do, he was at for Zenit Saint Saint Petersburg, um, sixty-five total games, thirteen points per game, six point seven assists. And I know those might not sound like crazy eye-popping numbers, but six point seven assists in Europe is a huge yeah. number. Um, they don't give out. They they do not give out the assists where you pass the ball the guy takes three jab steps four dribbles and lays it in you don't get an assist for that in europe it has to directly lead to the shot uh maybe one or two dribbles if it's like on the fast break or something like that um but yeah so those are really good numbers and he's also become a very good shooter uh shot 40 percent from three uh last year 45 percent overall so uh interesting for the Cavs. we'll see you know that's a tough guard Rotation of crack because yeah. they've got Darius Garland, uh, Colin Sexton can still play the one, some two, and they added Ricky Rubio. So Pangos comes in clearly as the third point guard in that group, but that could free them up if they wanted to move Rubio later in the year. Uh, that team still seems pretty weak on wings, so so we'll we'll, we'll see, um, you know, with that one. And then uh, news broke while we were recording, uh, not the major here, but Patrick Patterson. Uh, uh, veteran. He'd been with the Clippers the last couple of years, mm-hmm. signed a training camp deal with the Portland Trailblazers. Ah, okay. So so Portland's uh, bringing in some guys for the end of that bench. We'll see if any of them pop and, and make it. This is uh, for, for our Lakers listening audience and viewing audience. They are... Um, this is like what the Lakers did with Dwight Howard the first time around. He was on a non-guaranteed camp deal, right. made the team, and then what happens is that that tr- converts into a standard non-guarantee deal. But until until they're actually on the roster, it doesn't count against the tax or or anything like that. So so that that's uh, you know another veteran addition to the Blazers bench. All right, so Blazers making a move there and adding somebody. Maybe he winds up sticking. And again, we do expect that just to kind of bring things full circle. DeAndre Jordan probably going to be announced with the Lakers here in uh, well, probably by the time we publish this thing, he will be 
a Los Angeles Laker. <laughs> uh, Keith, I've actually, for, for a show where earlier today we were talking about how there's not a ton going on in the NBA, and then we started digging and we're like, it. there actually is some some stuff here, some, some stuff. real stuff to, yeah. to dig into. So um, good stuff. Honestly, I think I just think we're really good at this. <laughs> That's yeah, what it we, is. We, we can we can we can carve out these stories like nothing else. Look so, at that confidence. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully, this continues for about two more weeks That's to get right. us to training camp. That's right, <laughs> and we are going to still continue doing some preview and review videos. So we've got those coming up as well. Make sure you do subscribe. Again, we are just short of our ten thousand subscriber goal right now. So make sure you subscribe. Don't forget to turn on those notifications, and of course, like this video. Till next time, everybody. Stay safe and see you.